Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to part two of The Moon Underwater. We are here within the walls of this hallowed inn. I, John Robinson, the landlord. Robin Allender is my dedicated regular. And our guest this week is comedian, podcaster, author, activist, Sophie Hagen, who has already given us a wonderful insight into Danish pub culture, or bar culture, or bar culture. (laughs) And what is the difference between a pub and a bar and a bar? Well, you'll have to make sure you listen to episode one to get up to speed, because we're still working on it. I've found a very long article in my mind about the difference between a pub and a bar, but we don't have the time to go into our minds too much right now. Before we get back to uh, decking out Sophie's pub, we must have the answers to this quiz, Robin, this quiz of countries and land. Sure. Well, I'll give a quick shout out to Oliver Jacobson, actually. He lives in Copenhagen. He's from the Pharaohs. Um, but yeah, anyway, oh, sorry about that. Question one was in our quiz this week, it was a geography round. Question one was, What country has the longest coastline in the world? Sophie, did, would, you, would you be prepared to hazard a guess on that one? I've got no clue. No clue at all? Absolutely no clue. John, what are you thinking? Well, I had this question in a made up game on the radio show with Ellis, and I said Canada, and it was wrong. Really? And it I, is Canada. Oh, great. Well, I yeah. say Canada then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, according to the, the five-second research I did. But I've had that I've had that question in a pub quiz, and it was Canada before, in the city, yeah. in Forest Hill. Well, th- well, then I'm going to go, I'm going to punch Dave in the mouth the next <laughs> time I see him. In the mouth. 202, sorry, 202,080 kilometres. So I don't know if I said that right. So why is it but not Australia? Because Canada kind of goes in and out and up and around kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, so it's just it's very, very, Yeah, it's very, very, very craggly. It's craggly, yeah. Got it. Well, if it's not, you know, please write in, uh, but be nice. Um, question two. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt, Rob. Do you know what country has the second biggest coastline in the world? I, I'm, I, by your tone, it's a surprise. Yeah. Um, I can't be right. Uh, China? No. Oh, I, I'm, I'm not convinced by this. I, 
No, 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 no. I don't believe this. What are you on? Lies.com. Go on, tell it us what says you found. Norway. I was going to say Norway, but then I felt stupid for even suggesting it. That includes the coastline of outlying islands, so I wonder if that includes Greenland? <laughs> that's, is, that's not owned by Norway, is it? No, Denmark. Oh. Denmark. Yeah. I think it's. I think Canada's definitely the, the longest, but it's difficult to... It depends what you mean by coastline. Norway is tiny, but it has a lot of ins and outs. That's why I thought about it. It has a lot yeah, of Yeah, it's, it's a good good shout. Question two was the a very tricky one. Two countries in the world are double landlocked, which means that they are both bordered by countries that are, that are all themselves landlocked. Can you name either or both? Sophie, any ideas for this one? I know there's... No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you had a couple of guesses in your mind for the first one. You were thinking Norway. It's one of those things where if I said it and it was right, it would, I'd be a genius. And if I said it and it was wrong, oh, my God, it would be the worst. So I'd rather say nothing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's the, sure. the reward doesn't match the, the punishment. Nice. The risk. Okay. Yeah. John, what do you, have you got any guesses for that? I think I can't, I can't bring myself to describe what I think. Okay. So that's an odd way of saying I don't know. I'm guessing one of them's in Central Africa and one of them's in Europe. One of them's in Europe. I was going to say South America, because I feel like there's one in the middle that touches all the other. No, no, wait, they're all... No. No, wait, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'd say Europe as well. Um, Austria? Close. Austria is landlocked, but it's Liechtenstein. Ah, knew which it would is be small. surrounded by Austria and Switzerland. And, I mean, very well done if you got this, but the other, and the other one is Uzbekistan, which is surrounded by Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Turkmenistan. So yeah. I would have probably guessed one of the Istans, because there are a lot would of landlocked ones. Would you have guessed ones. one of the Istans? Yeah, because there are a lot of the landlocked ones around there. But it's Uzbekistan, which is double landlocked. So there we go. Very well done if you got that. I home. think I just felt that it was something over there. But then I couldn't even, I couldn't even have mentioned just most of the countries. But I did feel, I f- my feeling was right. My knowledge was lacking. I'll give you half a point for feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds just like my therapist. <laughs> And question three was, what is the only sea without any coasts? Sophie, any idea for that? It feels like a trick question. Uh-huh, Whereas uh-huh. it's like it ends up being some guy called Phil C or something. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Who has Phil no Collins. Because I, I can't, I can't, no coast. I don't, because that's where it, I have no idea. Sure. John, what are you thinking? Sophie's gone for Phil Collins. Well, I've also gone for trick question. I've gone for the sea of tranquility. Oh, that's quite good. No, it is actually a real sea. It's the Sargasso Sea, which is located entirely within the Atlantic Ocean and is kind of bound by these distinct currents, which makes it a kind of independent sea of its own. Oh, huh. Oh, they, okay, that makes sense. Well, we are learning. We're laughing and learning. Sometimes we're not laughing. And sometimes <laughs> we're not learning. But we're definitely here. <laughs> That's a great, a great tagline to a pub quiz. <laughs> We're definitely here. Well, we return. Uh, we're not landlocked here at the Moon Underwater. We're actually, uh, we border eight or nine different oceans. And sometimes the spray does get up as far as the uh, the back door. But Sophie, we've we've discussed your absolute lifelong hatred of vodka and the, the situations it got you in as a youngster. So what two spirits would you like in your dream pub? Rum. Yes, please. And I, so I thought, oh, I need a brand. I know nothing about rum. And I felt like, I felt exactly like I was 
like I do when I am ordering something with rum in where the bartender says and which rum and I just always end up having this look of despair just being like I don't I don't know and they always go no but like dark or white I'm like I don't even know that I don't even know what the difference between that I just something that doesn't taste bad and that is cheap I don't know so I looked it up because I you know what's the best rum and then I found a very nice bottle that was called an Angostura from Trinidad and Tobago and it's sweet so I'm gonna go with that one I've never tasted it but it sounds really good Oh, let me look it up in my mind. Angostura, as in the bitters. Angostura, 1919. Oh. Actually, I, when I Googled it, I Googled, I was going to Google high quality rum. I Googled high, and the first thing that came up was quality rum. So I'm not the only one who knows nothing about rum. That does look really nice. And do you know what? I bet that's a brilliant mixing rum because it's neither too light nor too dark. I mean, that is what it will be used for, just to be absolutely clear. It will be mixed with the Coke. Well, I th- I think you've absolutely stumbled across the perfect choice for what you want it for. Angostura 1919. Oh, the, I, when I went to um, Barbados, I went to the uh, a very famous rum distillery, which I now can't remember the name of. But the best rum I had was the Mount Gay XO which is just a superb, a superb mixing rum. That was on a lot um, of the lists I found about rum. Yeah, Mount Gay XO is top, top notch. But Angostura 1919 rum, great why choice. A, why isn't that a drink? You know, we've talked about getting drunk on vodka and tequila when you're young. Why isn't rum something that you go for? Because rum actually tastes nice. It's weird. Do you know what I mean? That's a very good point. I don't think it tastes as nice on its own. Yeah. But I would say that amongst youngsters, spiced rum is probably now the big thing. Like Morgan's spiced, drinking on its own, it's very, very quaffable. I mean, do you remember the heady days of Sailor Jerry's? Yeah, the old Sailor Jerry's. Yeah, oh my God. (laughs) You can still get it, it's called Old J. Yes, yeah, yeah. Matt, I don't know what went on there. No, I know. Do you remember remember this? uh, Do you know what we're talking about, Sam? I have no idea. There was was this, this rum... Very, very spiced, like so sweet, it was basically like sweets. This rum came out called Sailor Jerry's, and everyone went mad for it at some time in the noughties. And then they just changed the recipe, so it just stopped. It They took out the vanilla or whatever it was, and it just didn't taste nice anymore. <laughs> it was so weird. So then they had to, I don't know if it was them or like a rival company, re-released the old... It would be like if someone brought out Tab Clear now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very strange. Anyway, it is get it, but it's much harder to get old Jay than Sailor Jerry's. They really that must I wonder if that's gone down as one of the great sort of marketing fails in alcohol because you don't even see Sailor Jerry's in the supermarket anymore. Sailor Jerry, if you're listening, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts. Um, <laughs> please write so, in. What's uh, accompanying the 1919? Do we even still do shots as adults or was that a teenage thing? Oh, I, yeah, I, I, th- I know people who still do shots, but I think you do it much later in the evening now. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen it happen. I've seen more people do coke than do shots in the past <laughs> 10 years. But I do miss it because it felt a bit like a dare every time you did it. It was a bit of a challenge, like, can I keep it in and can I do this? And everyone else were doing it, so then you did it too. And my favorite shot was, um, so it's a Danish brand called Blåke Jol which is basically 
liquid licorice. Ooh. Could you spell that for me, please? B-L-O, which is an A with a dot over, or it's just two A's. And then gajol, which is G-A-J-O-L. And how do you say it? Blågajol. Blågajol. So there's like a, a vowel sound in ben, in between the G and the J, even though there's no vowel. Oh, no, there is a vowel. G-A-J-O-L. G-A-J-O-L. I love language. <laughs> so Blågajol in itself is a little sort of um, licorice chewy thing like not not a hard candy but something you just suck on <laughs> and um so it's that but with i'm assuming vodka but it doesn't count as vodka in my head so it's like a flavored it's like drinking licorice I can't with booze find it in my mind you probably want to add are you spelling it wrong b-l-a-a-g-a-j-o-l yeah it should be in your mind it's not in my mind, but then my mind only has a, a British English keyboard in my mind. <laughs> producer producer Matt has uh, sent a missive from the ether. Black Gajul, he's found it. That's, this doesn't help matters, does it? Because I'm still just saying the letters. B-L-A, and then he's got a space, G-A-J-O-L. Yes, there's a space. The space, I assume, is important. Oh! I mean, it sounds absolutely... Re- oh, my God. The bottle looks like... It looks like sort of foot cream. <laughs> it's like a bizarre kind of... It's a white and blue bottle. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a point in that you can't see in. I think that's a good... Yeah. <laughs> it looks like something you might... I've found it now. Smarbla. Oh, yeah, Smarbla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's So Smo is small and blow is blue. So there's similar words. Yeah, so you, yeah, you take Smarbla. You take small of that, like a small shot. It looks like the bottle looks like you'd take it for indigestion. <laughs> That's extraordinary. I find it very strange that you would ever buy a spirit where you couldn't see inside the bottle. But if you could, you wouldn't buy it. Really? Yeah, because it's like black. It's licorice. And they do all different flavors. Oh yeah, it's all sticky and oh, I can I can taste it. Do you do you actually like it then, or is it this kind of association one again? Kind of? It was the best of the shots. Like I can't do tequila shots. I can't again. We've talked about vodka, pure vodka, but it just tasted like really harsh licorice. So I could do that. So of all the shots and spirits, I do actually like it. But in general, I'd rather have none. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this sort of ties into that really interesting flavor that is big in Scandinavia, the sort of salt licorice flavour, which doesn't actually really exist in other countries. It's very unique to to Scandinavia, isn't it? And is it Denmark more so than other Scandinavian countries? I think Finland are the ones that are really good at licorice. Like there's specific Finnish licorice. I don't really know about the two other guys, but then definitely in Denmark. I believe Blokajul is a Danish thing, and I don't know if it's normal in other countries to drink licorice. (laughs) I think you can get like a licorice. Black Sambuca is licorice here. So that would probably be the closest we had because that's aniseed, but black. So maybe it's licorice but I doubt it would have the specific flavour of Blagajul. From my my sense about Sambuca is is that Blagajul is more, it's very thick and sticky and sweet and licorice mm. at the same time. And Denmark is also home to the great licorice uh, spunk. Is it not? Yeah, spunk, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the joy of the European supermarket. Uh, fantastic. Well, those I would be straight on both of those if I came to your pub, because I would want to. Tr- I would want to try the rum with something. I'd also want to try on its own, and then I'd have to have the Blaga Yule for just a bit of a cultural experience. You'd be welcome to it. <laughs> and speaking of culture, it's time for us to expand our minds and our empathy and our emotions and feelings and thoughts as we head over to the pub library. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Well, thanks, John. Every week we enter a new book into the pub library, a book about pubs or beer or drinking or desire itself um (laughs) this is this week well i don't know how we're going to get this in the library because i saw this text written on the wall of one of my locals the the brilliant hearn tavern uh down by peckham rye and it's a poem by edgar Allan poe so i don't know if we can get the entire pub into the pub library because that would be good but um oh we can absolutely do that i will just need to rearrange the shelves a bit okay sure and then we can we can put the Hearn Tavern mm. into the pub library, but we'll turn it inside out so that the poem is on the outside. Fantastic. So this is Edgar Allan Poe. It's quite a famous poem, I believe. He he may have. It's, I've just looked. At, I've looked up a bit about it in my mind. Poe may have written this poem at the Washington Tavern in Lowell, Massachusetts, in 1848 to pay his drinking tab. The original copy hung on the wall of the tavern until 1920. Uh, and it's since been replaced by Dunkin' Donuts. But it is on the wall <laughs> oh of God. the Hearn Tavern, as I said, which is nice. Anyway, it's called Lines on Ale. Filled with mingled cream and amber, I will drain that glass again. Such hilarious visions clamber through the chamber of my brain. Quaintest thoughts, queerest fancies come to life and fade away. What care I how time advances? I am drinking ale today. Oh, lovely. It's one of his finest. I love Edgar Allan Poe. It's great. It's almost as good as the patron's poem here <laughs> yeah. on The Moon Underwater. He's got a very similar approach to rhyme. It really does, yeah. Yeah. But I like that. Edgar Allan Poe's great. So that didn't appear in any... I guess didn't appear in any like collections or anything. I'm sure it's it must just be written in, like, on the wall of a pub. Yeah, I mean, sure, it must be in a collection somewhere. But I mean, it, I like the idea that it was written to pay his bar tab. What's um, that line about time again? What care I how time advances? Well, if only we didn't, or do we? Or is that why we drink ale sometimes to to stop caring about the advance of time? Yeah, I like hilarious visions clambering through the chamber of my brain. Yes. <laughs> Well, a superb entry, and now an entire pub goes into the pub library. Let's just shuffle along uh, a few books, and we'll we'll fit that in, the Hearn Tavern. Now then, we don't just have a library here, Sophie, we also have a jukebox, and we ask every guest to add to the jukebox one album, which for them represents the ideal pub soundtrack. So what are you going for? Now see, is it the ideal pub soundtrack, or is it what I would be playing in my pub? Because those are very different things. Oh, you what you're playing in your pub, yeah, totally. Yeah, see, th- that's a very different thing. Um, the soundtrack to... No, that's not what it's called. The cast recording of Love Never Dies, which is the sequel to Phantom of the Opera by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Wow. It massively failed. Most... I think in London it barely 
it barely happened. <laughs> it was up for like a very short amount of time. Um, so it's a very unpopular musical. So I feel like it would scare away most people from the pub. Oh, I see. But I Now, would have a great time because I love it. It's interesting how, like, you can almost tell why it didn't work from the title. Because I've never heard of this before. But A, the title is too too vague, too bland, too all-encompassing. But also it's a massive spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might as well call it, it's it's all fine at the end. Well, the, w w <laughs> in terms of tone, Phantom of the Opera is quite big and dramatic and beautiful. And then this, which ends with, spoiler alert, Christine choosing Raoul, this like prince and, you know, over this ugly monster, the Phantom. And then in the sequel, like Raoul is a drunk and they're like in like the slummy New York and like f there's a kid, she has a child and he's like an obnoxious drunk guy. And so it's like, there's not, there's nothing beautiful anymore. It's all just like an abusive relationship. And then the Phantom comes in and is like, is it my kid? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Is it Raoul's kid? And it just gets like Jeremy Kyle as a as a musical. And the music is still beautiful, but it just ruins this romantic vision. It becomes way way more about, well, who's going to have him in the weekends kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so how did you first come across it then? Did you actually see it when it was on? No, unfortunately. No. I just really love musicals. Oh, and okay. I... Yeah, I don't even know how I found it, but I was very excited when I did. There's only a an Australian recording of it. Well, really, so that there's not they've sort of have they tried to strike it from the records? Uh, yeah, I, I don't really hear a lot of people mention it. I got to talk briefly to Sierra uh, Burgess, who was the Christine in both shows, and she seemed very happy about it, and she seemed like she liked it. But we did also I did speak to her at the same time as the guy who wrote it. So if she didn't like it, she couldn't really have said it <laughs> at that point. Oh, right. She was right there. <laughs> um, well, not Andrew Lloyd Webber, but the guy who wrote some of the music. And um, But I, I think it's for, for the pub, it's the perfect choice because it's really hard to create something that people would find shitty because as soon as it becomes shitty, it becomes cool. So if I'd chosen, you know, Les Miserables or just the original Phantom uh, soundtrack, that would have almost been so uncool that people could think it was like like hipster cool right right Do you know yeah but still the the original phantom of the opera soundtrack is still beltingly good yeah but it's not cool but it's that's why so this is good but it's not I, even i think it might be cool but it's hard to know what's cool anymore and why things are cool especially music yeah so one of my favorite places and now i've been told it's not a pub but phoenix artist club which is close to a pub but it's not a pub They used to, at least back in the day, they used to play just musical theater songs. And it was my favorite thing in the world. And I went there all the time and I just loved being introduced to new musical theater songs. And it just felt like a place where I wasn't constantly going, oh, what's this song? I don't know this one either. And um, so I like that to be in my pub. And then specifically this album, because I love it, but people would walk in and be like, oh, I feel like... I would be uncool if I was seen here and then they leave because I only want people in the pub who don't care about being cool. Well, I think it's a very, uh, it's something I've specialized in accidentally, which is finding music you love that everybody else hates and then leaves the room. So I've, I've cleared a hell of a lot of dance floors and living rooms in my time. Um, I can, I can certainly tell you that 
certain moments of Queen and Frank Zappa's output have exactly the same impact on people. Uh, early Queen especially, and, uh, well, the majority of Frank Zappa's work. But I'm happy as Larry. Rob, what, what music would you put on if you wanted to clear a room but also have a lovely time yourself? I think it would be something very, some very loud kind of ambient music where, like, people would come in and go, why is this relaxing music being played at an incredibly loud volume? <laughs> it would be very confusing. So maybe something like The Disintegration Loops by William Pazinski, just playing a really mournful... Just play it on, like, massive surround sound. Yeah. People would go in, what the hell? And, but if you got it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is great. It would be. A, it would feel a bit like being in an art installation, wouldn't it? I mean, there are pubs nowadays, aren't there? Well, maybe not pubs, but some venues do, like, an album club where they, like, play an album and you just come and sit and listen to it. Like, you know, really good sound system. I quite like it when you when you're in a place and someone's playing and there's music playing and you go I need to know who put that on because I think I would be friends with that person. I really like so I I could see that happening in my pub. Like someone would come in and go this is a very specific person who's chosen this and they would be allowed into my corner. Someone would be like it's her and I would peek out in from the darkness. And they'd be like permission to approach. I'd be like go on. So it's almost like it's a it's a vetting process that anyone who's in your pub is automatically you're going to like them because they are either enjoying or tolerating Love Never Dies. Yes. Very good. Very good. I mean, the one person out of a million who goes in and says, is this the Love Never Dies uh, soundtrack? They're going to be more than welcome there, aren't they? Definitely. Would you feel you had to marry them? Because it's almost like finding your soulmate th- through music. I would love to. I think it's more a case of I would fall in love with them, but they would be either a gay man or a straight woman who's under 16. Or the guy who wrote Love Never Dies. Yeah, and he didn't seem particularly interested because I kept forgetting his name, which (laughs) I've still forgotten it, so... It's it's not really it's not really a dating a dating scene the musical theater. I look forward to putting it on uh, in the moon underwater before the uh, disintegration loops. This place is yours. Every inch of it. Tell me where you'd like to go. Tell me what you want to see. I can grant any wish. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We have one more choice for your bar. So far in Sophie Hagen's Dream Pub, we have Carl's Special, Summersby Cider, Summersby Pear Cider, uh, Rosé d'Anjou, a regular good old-fashioned blooming can of bloody coke, Angostura 1919 rum. Blögejol. Yeah. How, how have I done there? Blögejol. 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 Accepted, yeah. Uh, licorice liqueur slash vodka slash shot, uh, which looks a bit like it's Gaviscon uh, from the bottle, but it's a very intriguing prospect. Also, the cast recording of Love Never Dies will be playing in this pub where you can see everyone's bottoms. It's not a Weatherspoons, is it? We, 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 you know, it's a very unusual place. <laughs> like so you've got one more choice, and it can be absolutely anything. It's your wild card, Sophie. So what are you going to have? Bailey's. Oh, nice. But by pint. <laughs> oh, wow. Which I think is illegal, because the times I've ordered it, <laughs> which... They, they've they refused to give it to me and I did it in Edinburgh somewhere in Edinburgh and he would only give me like separate triple or quadruple Baileys that I then had to pour myself into a large glass and he was like I'm not allowed to just give you a full glass of Baileys it is it is kind of mad that those rules do seem quite antiquated when you try to get round them because Baileys is uh, 0.8 units per 50 mil. So a bottle is going to be 12 units, which is exactly the same as the units in, you know, a, a strong red wine. And if you went up and ordered, oh, can I get two bottles of the Zinfandel and two glasses, they'd probably go, oh, someone likes, someone likes the wine. And they'd give it to you, but order a pint of Baileys, which is the same alcohol content. But could you order a pint of wine? Well, a bottle of wine is a pint and a half of wine. But is there something in the, the the fact that you're definitely not sharing a pint of wine? I think you just you would you would I think the barman would would probably question the sanity of who was ordering it. So you know what I mean? It's 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 just something. There's some kind of weird code. There's some kind of line that's being crossed. If you go into a pub and say, "Can I have a pint of wine?" the bar the barman would would raise an eyebrow. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I just don't know. You know, when Sam Allardyce, the England manager, got done for sort of, I don't know, whatever, he was drinking a pint of wine at the time. He was, yeah. Pint of white wine. (laughs) (laughs) I just really love Baileys. And I've never, because I never had it when I was out drinking, because who does that? Well, I do now, but I would only ever have it with my mother. So I only ever had it in pint glasses. I never thought of it as something you would sip or only have a tiny bit of. So I was shocked when people when I ordered a Baileys and I would get basically a shot of Baileys. That would be, to me, that would be like ordering a Coke and getting a shot of Coke. I'd be like, what is happening? So I would just go up and be like, can I have a pint of Baileys? And it was like a pin dropped and everyone just turned around and the music scratched. And then everything <laughs> went quiet. And I was like, what have I said? What have I done now? You know, and because it's... In the UK, I'm like, oh, I've offended someone. I wonder if they're making a slight judgment call about the potential behaviour of someone who would order Baileys in a pint glass. But what what is what are the connotations? 
Well, I, I think it's like quite a British, like that this person might conduct themselves with a lack of decorum. <laughs> When we get again, like the like at the start of the episode, where we're talking about the difference between um, pubs and bars, we've got into very subjective territory because it is quite hard to define. I don't know what the connotations would be. Is it a posh thing? Is it a very much not a posh thing? Like, what is where is Bailey's? Well, I think it's like it's almost like there's there's certain codes of conduct, some of which the licensing law tries to legislate for because. In a strictly like statistical sense, there's no reason why someone drinking a pint of Bailey's will get any drunker or behave any worse than someone drinking a bottle of wine. However, I think you would get the same reaction if you ordered a pint of wine. So if you said, I'll oh, just pour that bottle into a pint glass and I'll have the rest in a half, I think they would... they. It, it was almost like it, there's a red flag in the bar staff or the landlord or the landlady's mind where they're like, oh, hello. You know, it's a bit like um, when it's quite natural to avoid a situation where there's sort of a sudden loud noise in the street or someone's shouting and you think an argument's kicking off. And I wonder if it's that same kind of fight or flight or protection response that you'd get if someone ordered a pint of babies. Yeah, you're like on the tube, someone's not wearing trousers. And there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, what's next? Yeah, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, what's next? That's the thing. That's the fear, I Another think. pint of Baileys? What's happening? Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I think, um, I might have said this before, but a, bar, a barmaid I know, someone asked for a Lef Shandy. You know, so the really strong Belgian beer with lemonade. And it's just like, yeah, there's no reason why we can't do that. But as you say, what's next? That's, it's just... It's just, you've gone to a slightly different But it's different chocolate plane. milk with some alcohol in it. It's just adult chocolate milk. It's the least offensive, least scary drink in the world. It just tastes really good and you feel really full and then you fall asleep. Out, out of interest, how much ice would you have in your pint of Bailey's? Oh, quite a lot, to be fair. Because it has so to be real So it's maybe icy. only going to be like two thirds of a pint with the ice. Yeah. It's not even that bad. It's a very interesting sort of uh, sociological question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I guess also they're thinking, what happens to this pint of Bailey's when it's out of my view? Like, is there a game going on? Is there a dare? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is there some kind of drinking game thing happening? Is there someone doing a forfeit? Is it a bet? Mm. Very good, very good. So much to think about tonight. You're barred. Given that you have allowed pints of Baileys in your pub, I now have to ask what you're going to disallow, uh, what you're going to bar, what activity or item or thing. It can be absolutely anything that I'm afraid is against the rules and regs of your pub. Can I also uh, take steps to prevent it from happening? Because I will need to. Uh, Loudness. So anyone speaking louder than sort of this tone? Like we could sit and we can have this conversation here. But if you are getting too riled up and too loud, no, just a no. And when I was, when I got my, my dog, he would bark a lot in the beginning and I was trying to figure out if I could get him to bark less. And one of the things I was suggested was one of those colors that would spray water into his face if he barked, which obviously I would never do to my dog, but I would do it to people in my pub. So everyone gets this color around their neck. And if they start being loud, it just sprays them with like pickle juice or something there's a very good 
uh, more extreme version of that in a film with Christopher Lambert, Christophe Lambert, where he is in a futuristic prison and each of the prisoners have a neck collar and if they try to escape, it explodes. If they go beyond the boundary what of the prison. What film is that? Um, let me just look it up because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Highlander. Oh, that's got to be hard for Christophe Lambert. You type Christopher into your mind and he's not even on the first line of suggestions. I thought he was so cool. Okay, so let's look at uh, Christopher Lambert's filmography. It is Fortress. He plays John Henry Brennick, the main protagonist and former captain in the Black Berets. Sounds good. So loudness, though. I mean, if you don't, have you finished your Christopher Lambert bit there, John? Or are you, do you want to carry on? Um, got, got far away looking in your eyes. Yeah, I'm reading about <laughs> Fortress, but I'll stop reading about Fortress now because I fully agree with your choice of, of limiting loudness in a pub. I like your idea, though, which I'm now taking as an idea, not a comment, which is if they get too loud, it becomes explosive. Like, so the, the pickle juice is a warning, and then if they don't stop or leave, poof, off with the heads. So you're going to have to be quite careful at what volume you play Love Never Dies OST because you don't want people to have to raise their voices to get above the sound of the music. Yes. So, yeah, that is true. There has to be a balance. Ideally, they don't really talk that much. So it's more about we're just like listening, having like a nice, calm conversation. Because I, I do think loudness of conversation can be much better policed by loudness of music in pubs or bars. There's nothing worse than that feeling where, because you're not sort of breathing properly when you speak, you're sort of, you feel you've got that strained voice. So I always lose my voice in the Edinburgh Festival. It's not from performing, it's from being out, trying to be heard in conversation from sort of eight till one in the morning. Yeah, I really hate it. Like, I really have a huge problem with like loudness it's also it just becomes an, a lot like it becomes louder in my head and eventually i just can't hear anything and there's nothing worse than miming something to someone and then going what sorry what oh it's the worst and also just people who get loud i just i just can't, i don't vibe with them you know people who start shouting i'm just like shh no if i'm sat at a table so say i'm opposite you robin's on my left and then someone comes up to the table and starts a conversation with Robin while I'm still talking to you. I actually have to. I actually have to say I'm sorry. Can you? St- I can't concentrate. What are you doing? Yeah, absolutely not. No, I can't do it. I'm really bad at it. And this, this is also why, in general, I, I just don't want there to be that many people. In I don't like the whole. Oh, we can't get a seat. You know, you have to queue for the bar. You have to squeeze yourself through people to get to the bathroom. All of that is the worst of the worst. So I, I, I don't mind pubs. I love pubs, but I love going out when other people are at home sleeping. <laughs> like, like I, I would only ever really drink like Tuesdays and Wednesdays and even Thursdays began to be a bit too rowdy for me. <laughs> so like a good Monday afternoon in a pub, that's the ideal time. It's the perennial problem with London especially, but big city uh, drinking because... Usually the way to avoid this is to go out on a Monday night or a Wednesday night or a Saturday afternoon. But that's when you hit the chronic post-work pint. It's just horrible. Whereas, you know, if I wanted to go to my favourite pub in Bristol with Robin and we went at six o'clock on a Tuesday, it would just be bliss. Whereas, you know, trying to find a pub in, in anywhere in sort of zone one or two 
any time between four o'clock and seven thirty on a weeknight is is a nightmare. Hurry up, please! It's time. Well, superb subsidiary chat about obnoxious people in pubs. Now, Sophie, before we name your pub, we're just going to reflect on it for a second. I think for me, the highlight is going to be trying the licorice drink. Robin, what what are you look, most looking forward to having? I'm guessing you can't wait to get your lips around a Carl special. Yeah, I'd love a Carl special, for sure. That sounds delightful. We'll share a jug. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like lager in, in jugs, Rob? Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's a good, you're getting, you know, foot big, you know, with a big group. It's cool. But what are we going to call this dream pub, Sophie, where there aren't many people there because you're playing Love Never Dies so much, but the people who are there, you have full view of all their bottoms at every single moment. <laughs> yes, I, I'm i very bad at titles in general, so it was hard for me to choose, but I've had a good think because it needs to, it really needs to scare away people who are pretentious and who just don't fit into the pub. So most people, most people shouldn't even want to go in because they might just be like, oh, we can just switch the music at some point, and they cannot. So I've come up with this. Now, hear me out. Keeping up with the Kardashians library. Okay, <laughs> listen, it's too long for a hashtag, so it can't trend. It's You can't really abbreviate it. You can't be like, I'm at the Kardashians, or I'm at the library. That doesn't work. I feel like people who love the Kardashians would not want to go into a library, and people who like libraries would not want to have anything to do with the Kardashians, and I think that's a pretty big group. And I also feel like Kardashians are not uncool enough to be like hipster cool, you know, where like something like the Spice Girls are not cool, but you'd still wear a t-shirt with the Spice Girls on in like an ironic way. So I just feel like that would scare away most people. They wouldn't feel cool going in. But are you worried that the name is so out there that it might attract the attention of the sort of super hipster? I'm always worried about that. The sort of, the sort of that. hipster that you don't actually see that much anymore. Uh, the original, the... Yeah. Well, the ones that would dress so outlandishly odd. I was worried about that, but how how can you scare away all of them? Apart, unless we... No name. And just we make it look like a bank or something. Or like a, a house. Like a secret code kind of thing when you're only invited. That, but that's the coolest. Everyone wants to go to that place. I think keeping up with the Kardashians library is a good middle ground because what you've tried to do is create the vi- biggest Venn diagram of people you don't want to come to the pub. Yeah. I think as well it's the um, it's the pint of Baileys of pub names because it's, <laughs> it, I, I think it, it, you're going to get more quizzical looks than you are ironic that's enjoyment. What that's what I'm thinking. Like, it's too much to explain. And if you do try to convince people that it's cool, you have to go, no, 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 listen. They serve this licorice thing and pints, and they only play this musical th- Like It doesn't even sound cool like that, you know? It's not even like, oh, you wouldn't even know the music. It's like, there's a reason you don't know the music. Just to confirm, is it the keeping up with the Kardashians library? No, it's just keeping up no. with the Kardashians library. Just keeping up with the Kardashians library. <laughs> Fantastic. I like it. <laughs> uh, well, it's also going to make a very intriguing uh, title for this episode because people are going to think we've sort of we're doing like a uh, through the keyhole on the Kardashians and going yeah. through all their books. <laughs> well, Sophie, thank you so much uh, for joining us here at the Moon Underwater. You're on tour soon, aren't you? Yeah, this autumn I'm all over the UK and Denmark in May. 
Oh, and what's the name of the show? Fat Jokes. Fat Jokes. It's about Fat Jokes. Fantastic. And um, where are you playing in Denmark? Um, Copenhagen and Aarhus. Oh, wow. So Bremen Theatre in Copenhagen. And, I don't know, Musikhusel in Aarhus, I think. So I'd love for people to come. If, I don't know, do you have listeners in Denmark? You must have listeners in Denmark. Yeah, and they're going to be furious now because I've said all the wrong things about Denmark. No one's more angry than a <laughs> Danish person. <laughs> Every single one of our Danish listeners, I um, instruct to go to see Sophie Hagen on tour with Fat Jokes. Can I ask your listeners for a, um, for a, a, a advice? Yes. Because I'm going to be going around Scotland with my friend on a little road trip in... Well, that depends when this is coming out, of course. It's going to be late March, April. Oh, this will be out before then. Good. If anyone in Scotland knows of any pubs that even the slightest bit similar (laughs) to what you now know that I like in a pub, feel free to let me know. Because I would love to take my friend. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not that picky. (laughs) I mean, there might be one that plays like the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack, but not Love Never Dies... But if they're wearing kilts, yeah. you might be able to see everyone's bottoms. That would be a, that is the main priority, of course, a, a bottom full pub. Our, our Scottish pub experts, where can they best contact you for some great Scottish uh, pub recommendations? Sweet me or DM me on Instagram. Lovely stuff. Well, get in touch with Sophie. We love a challenge. And I'm guessing this is like a sort of, you're not just going to Edinburgh and Glasgow, you're talking about like a tour of Scotland. We specifically want to go to like not big places want to go to quiet little villages and ideally along the coast and just have a great time and she's american so she needs some proper some proper culture i say some proper (laughs) scotch culture yes yeah so she needs to see some scottish bottoms so sophie before you go uh, we thank you again for your time and your pub keeping up with the kardashians library which is now yours to take with you wherever you need a little bit of space to peer out at who's enjoying Love Never Dies. But which song from Love Never Dies would you like to play you out of the Moon Underwater pub? And I can't wait to hear it. I think it has to be uh, Devil Takes the Hindmost because it takes place in a pub and it's Raul and the Phantom. They're meeting for the first time and then they have a sing-off in the pub about whose kid it is that Christine has had. And what's the song called again? Devil Takes the Hindmost. That's in, a, that's in a folk song, isn't it? I know that's, is that I think a phrase? Is, yeah, I think it's like a saying thing. Well, as we bid Sophie Hagen farewell, we get to hear our first ever taste of Love Never Dies, the cast recording, and it's Devil Takes the Hindmost. Devil Take the Hindmost Our Christine shall choose tonight Let her choose Is she yours or mine? Draw the line If she sings, you lose tonight I won't lose You leave from here Fine Disappear Fine And if she goes Hold up What was that? Boring No flavor That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 